Welcome back everybody. This is Eric here with Iraq Veteran 8888. Today we've got another gun gripe episode for you. Alright, we're going to be talking about the standardization of parts within the gun world or lack thereof in some cases, okay? And uh, look, if you want to learn more about firearms technology, definitely check out the folks at SDI. They are a great group of people with some wonderful programs that can point you in the right direction in terms of gunsmithing, reloading, and all of those types of uh, you know technologies if you want to learn more. So check them out. They're great people. All right, so um, when you look back at the standardization of parts, it's not exactly a new thing, right? I mean, Henry Ford back in the day came up with the, uh, you know, the assembly line, and part of the reason the assembly line was such a popular and wonderful idea for manufacturing was because all the parts were consistent. I mean, I believe a name that comes to mind is Eli Whitney, right? So he was one of the first pioneers of interchangeable parts, right? Long time ago, parts had to be hand-fitted, handmade for a variety of different, not only firearms, but many other technical wonders. Everything had to be hand-fitted, and it was much more time-consuming, required much more skill, but with interchangeable parts, it allowed, okay, if something broke, you simply replace the part, or from a standpoint of manufacturing, you just have a, a bin of parts, bam, you grab a part, you put it in, you assemble the, the component, you move on with life. Now, firearms obviously have gone through a lot of technological advancements over the years. And of course, interchangeable parts is a thing. And of course, machines spit out bunches and bunches of parts that are all made to a very, very precise spec. And they can, of course, work with a wide variety of different things. Okay, we know that. We're not refuting that. But we will talk about parts interchangeability. And, you know, there are some situations and in today's situation, we're going to primarily discuss 9mm ARs and that there seems to be a real like cognitive dissonance that exists <laughs> when it comes to, you know, the way a 9mm blowback AR is made, right? Like with an AR-15, you can take uh, a ton of different parts and you can swap uppers and bolts and charging handles and grips and stocks and rail systems, muzzle devices, sights, and everything, knock on wood, it's generally going to come together and work just fine. That's why people can build, notice I say in air quotes, build an assemble. AR and assemble an AR. Exactly. Assemble. And it's generally just going to come together and it's going to work just fine. Okay. Nine mils, not so much. Nine mils are a completely different story. Chad here, if you didn't know. Eric forgot about me. Did but I? Anyways, yeah, he did. It's okay. He always Eric and Chad... Me. He always forgets about Well, me. maybe your name is no longer Chad. It's now Ronald McDonald. I don't know. I'm kind of incognito right now. I've got my coffee house hippie outfit on right now. You do. So, you do look yeah. like a coffee house hippie. Incognito, baby. All right. So, look. ARs are kind of my wheelhouse, and I, I really, really enjoy ARs. But when I went down the 9mm AR journey, it was extremely frustrating. All right. So... Just to kind of get into the reason behind this gripe, where the idea came from, was we got this FM Products uh, 9mm upper end. This actually came from Brownells. We were going to do a video on it, and we had some some issues with it, um, some geometrical problems and geometrical anomalies. Uh, we could not get this thing to drop on any of the 9mm lowers that we had, and this is being a blowback, okay, it will fit a very specific lower. Uh, we'll get into talking about the CMMG guard in a little bit because it's a completely different system and geometry and everything else. Like none of this other blowback stuff will fit on that gun. Right. So when there's you start, actually two guns that are oh yeah well there's yeah. actually yeah there's three yeah. guns here that are that are completely different. Continue, but, Chad. But anyways, <laughs> uh, I'm running a, a lone wolf lower on this particular AR9 here, and this is one that took me 
several years to put together. Um, I had the lower end forever thinking, okay, I'm going to SBR it and, uh, you know, turn it into a little short-barreled rifle setup, you know, and all. And literally, it sat in my safe for two and a half, three years before I even started building this thing out. But um, I bought an ASA upper and uh, Adco barrel, Knight's rail, a few other odds and ends. I started putting this thing together and I had some fitment issues with the ejector assembly itself. I had to actually pull the ejector out, shave it down a little bit. It was a little bit too wide to fit in the bolt. The bolt that I purchased was built for Colt magazines, which are a double stack. So when you're wanting to run Glock mags, the bolts have to be cut down. They have to be milled out so the bolt itself will fit into the single stack portion of the Glock magazine. So that's another consideration too. You can't just buy a bolt and expect it to work with everything out there unless it's milled for Glock mags. Like this one. Like that one right there is. So that one used to be a Colt bolt and um, it was actually milled by our local machinist buddy to fit in Glock mags. So now that'll work with Colt mags, it'll work with Glock mags, any, pretty much anything that you could fit into a nine millimeter. Um, the <laughs> receiver sets themselves are the same size as a standard AR. However, you know, this one is set up for pistol magazines. But you run into these issues where, okay, like I got a new bolt, all right, for this because I had cut this one down to work with the Fostec Echo Trigger a while back. And uh, the, the Gen 1 Echo Triggers required a specific geometry on the rear of the bolt here to function properly. So I cut it down for a video so we could play around with it a bit. I wanted to be able to run this with our M16 lower with a stern defense uh, mag block. So I picked up a Faxon bolt to put back in this with an M16 cut in the rear. I had to cut the ejector down even more because this bolt's internal geometry was not set up for this particular, or the ejector width. So that's another problem, okay? So when you get into other guns, like this is a Freedom Ordnance FX9, and we pretty much got videos on all these guns, and this thing right here is one of the least expensive nine millimeter carbines that you can get, and this one's a pistol format. But it's just a simple But blowback. it is proprietary. It is proprietary. The receiver size, you can see the receivers are much shorter in size. Definitely makes this thing lightweight. It is set up for Glock mags. Set up for Glock mags. Very lightweight setup, simple blowback operation, extremely reliable. Every single round we put through this sucker, it ran. I mean, but bolt is all proprietary. The uh, receiver sets themselves. The only thing really this thing takes is AR grips. It takes AR triggers. Uh, buffers, Buffer. you know, pistol braces, uh, barrels and rails, but that's where the buck stops. If you have to replace a particular component, pretty much everything internal here is all from Freedom Ordnance. Right. So, which is not of, a problem. Not a problem, but it could be a detriment in the future. You know, it, longevity of the company, whatever the case might be, uh, and that's happened in the past. But, yeah, and John has been running the Ever Eleven crap out oh of this gosh. thing, and he says it's been working great. Dude, they shoot that thing like every weekend, and people mm -hmm. love it. Love it. But that's just a couple of examples. And when you get oh, yeah. into like the guard. Before we move on to the guard, I think it's important to mention the stern setup. Now, Chad mentioned his lower on this particular, yeah. this lone wolf lower, okay, having a specific magwell. Mm -hmm. So one of the issues you run into with a nine mil is you've got to make a decision. All right, you've either got to decide to run some form of a adapter block, mm -hmm. such as the stern or like a Sylvan, which we don't have here, or you have to run a dedicated uh, lower. Mm. Now, the issue becomes, all right, what if you SBR your, your lower? Well, if you want to have a pistol caliber lower that's dedicated, you've got to um, SBR that separately than if you were to SBR like a regular AR lower, okay? Mm. The stern is nice, 
okay? Because I can have this this lower SBR, which it is, mm -hmm. all right? And then I can just run their adapter block, mm -hmm. which I can run a variety of different mags. And this is set up to run the uh, SIG uh, 320 mags, mm -hmm. but you can also run Glock mags yep. with the uh, conversion. So this is a great way to scratch the itch in both areas. You can have, you know, let's just say you built an AR pistol, a regular 5.56 AR pistol. Well, you could just drop this block into your AR pistol and then run a 9mm upper and there you go. Mm. You, you can have one handgun, because it's a pistol, that you can run 5.56 or 9mm out of. Now, yeah. in Chad's case, because we have an M16 lower, this is a super, super cool idea mm -hmm. because all we have to simply do, we don't have to manufacture a separate 9mm machine gun uh, uh, under the manufacturing license, right? You And and which would also present its own unique problems too because it, it's not exactly like the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to convert one of these to a machine gun. Yep. So this allows you to run your full auto 9mm uh, with the adapter block mm -hmm. and then run that in your standard M16 uh, lower, which yep. is a really handy thing to have. So... Stern makes this setup. Also, Sylvan Arms makes a setup that's pretty similar. I don't have one here to show you, but I have looked at them, and both of them seem to be really solid. Now, the Stern is the one we have the most experience with, and it runs like a scalded ape. Yep. Um, one of the considerations that I had when, well, early on when I was building this rig out, uh, back in the day, you know, Lone Wolf was one of the only manufacturers that made a dedicated Glock-fed 9mm AR lower. Um, now there's a plethora of companies that make various styled lowers and, you know, you've got a ton of options out there, but back then there wasn't but a couple of options. So I picked up Lone Wolf mm -hmm. and the adapter blocks that were available back then, eh, a little spotty. Yeah, you know? they haven't like, really, like, really crossed that bridge yeah. just yet. So I decided to go dedicated and I figured, okay, I'm just going to do a 5.56 SBR and I'll do a 9mm SBR, you know? Sure. Um, but that was the reasoning back then. Now... Yeah, you know, you're pretty safe just doing one SBR and having options. But, you know, if you want to dedicate a rig, you just kind of want to have that thing set up and ready to go without having to change a bunch of parts around. Well, I was but, quite skeptical of the Stern at first. You same, know, when, when they here. approached us about it, I was kind of like, all right, we'll check them out. Mm -hmm. And we did the initial test video. We're kind of playing around. And I'm thinking, all right, this this thing's going to fall out any second. <laughs> like, you know, I have a skeptical mind, right? Like, when I'm, <laughs> when I'm testing something, I'm thinking, you know, like if the snake oil salesman comes to me and says, Here's some snake oil, and it does this. I'm going to be like, yeah, right. Okay. But it, it works. You know, it's, it it's a cool setup. And we did a meltdown, which uh, at the time this video is being released, I'm pretty sure the meltdowns already went live, mm -hmm. but uh, it took like 6,000 rounds to kill it. I mean, it's kind of cool. It, we, had, we had more things fail on the gun that were unrelated to the magazine well itself. Um, right. You know, the trigger pin, we had one of the trigger pins break. Or actually, no, it was a hammer pin that sheared in half. And that's another uh, thing, too, with these lowers. I'll explain in just a moment. But the uh, the, the hammer pin broke in half. We've got a new hammer pin in there. And um, the thing that actually stopped the gun was the pawl from the forward assist actually came loose inside, and it lodged itself up in the area of the charging handle. So it was keeping the bolt from going into battery a couple of times, and it would lock it open here and there just randomly. And were it not so, for that? Were it not for that, the thing would have just kept going and going and going, because it's hard to kill a blowback anyways. But yeah. uh, another issue with the 9mm setups is that the bolts themselves, uh, they have this little ramp on the bottom of the bolt here that interfaces with the magazine itself. Um, and then also what happens is when the bolt is coming to the rear, it's resetting the hammer. All right. Well, nine millimeter being a blowback, it's a pretty violent action. All right. It's not like a, a nice ginger recoil 
action like you would have on a standard AR that has a delayed system with rotating bolt and everything. And the guard. But yeah, the we'll talk about the guard in a minute. Yeah. But usually with these bolts, you'll have uh, the ramp is actually cut at a more shallow angle to kind of ease that transition of that hammer back into a, a, an in-battery setup, I guess you could call it. And then also the hammers are bobbed themselves to cut down on the weight just a little bit to make it a little bit easier for them to get back in in, uh, in battery and such. But uh, they're, they're really notorious for stretching hammer pins, okay, if you don't have the proper ramped and a ramp bolt and the proper hammer uh, itself. So that's another consideration to have. So, but the guard. We'll, we'll talk, we'll about, talk about the guard uh, here in just a brief moment. Um, something else I, I kind of want to mention too is, you know, it goes back to the entire um, crux of this gripe, right? Was that we're talking about interchangeability of parts, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have manufacturers, I don't know, let's just say, go crazy and say A through Z or whatever, right? And manu all these manufacturers are making different lowers, mm -hmm. different uppers. It would be nice to be able to just go, hey, I like this upper, I like yeah. this lower, but it's not quite that simple. Yeah. And honestly, in the AR world, the AR-15, they've got figured out. Oh, yeah. The AR-10 is another example. You know, not it's not always as, as easy as you think to be yeah. able to swap out uppers and lowers, and there's some compatibility issues, there's some different geometry, mm -hmm. and it's not always just a simple pop pin, put it together. So... When it comes to the 9mm ARs, I would say out of all three, when you compare AR-10, you know, with a large frame, uh, short action, and then a pistol caliber, the 9mm are definitely the most notorious for being difficult to, to build, you know. All right, so let's talk about the guard. Now, the guard is cool because, for one, it is a, a ready-to-go system that you, you buy and it's ready. Okay, it's a factory gun. Uh, now, the guard is also proprietary, mm. uh, which means that their upper... I believe their upper might work on a variety of other guns, or is it is it proprietary? Well, the the, the up, lower is definitely proprietary. So the upper itself is just your standard run-of-the-mill upper, okay? But right. where the buck stops is in the geometry of the lower, because the way that this system works is a radially delayed blowback. So it has a carrier, and it has a bolt, all right? Just like a regular AR. And right. what happens is, upon firing, the bolt is actually rotating out of battery, and then coming to the rear and delaying the system slightly, which makes for a very smooth recoiling gun. And this system in some of the larger calibers like 45 and 10 millimeter allows you to use much hotter and um, more powerful ammunition in this system safely, whereas you couldn't use it in a standard blowback. Um, mm -hmm. But the position of the magwell is slightly different. So we thought, okay, maybe we can run the CMMG guard upper on a standard lower and yeah and it know, wound up being but different the geometry yeah. is is off a bit so the magazine well, placement isn't in the right spot one of the most interesting things about the guard that i like is the fact that if you're familiar with the fire control and ergonomics of an ar-15 they mm. got that part exactly right so yeah. there's no weird proprietary like safety location or magazine release well the magazine release is slightly mm. different but it's still in a familiar location that you expect you know expect it to be in and you know the bolt catch and everything, and this has last round bolt hold open, mm. which is great. Um, you know, so again, it's a purpose built uh, AR platform that is in a pistol caliber mm. configuration. Of course, they suck with Glock magazines. That seems mm. to be the most popular uh, magazine, and they're very reliable yep. and available. And then with the radially delayed blowback, that sort of just is the icing on the cake. Uh, initially, with this platform, I was worried that the length of the bolt throw. Uh, was going to be a little bit odd, but of course, when you notice the position of the mag and the magwell, it is forward in terms of its approach. So it is 
definitely, the, it's not like the cartridge is making some stupid long jump. When you look at the port itself, it's a very large and generous uh, ejection port. When you compare it to a pistol caliber carbine such as the FX or, yep, or in his case, here. his Lone Wolf, you notice that it's a much uh, smaller ejection port. Okay, tiny. The, the, the general consensus there, and maybe Chad can correct me if I'm wrong, but my view of it, just from an engineering standpoint, is that they're worried that that cartridge is going to get turned around and land back in the action. So when you have a longer ejection port, you do have to consider that. And initially, I was thinking, all right, is this thing going to wind up getting cases stuck in the action because of the length that the bolt has to travel, will these cases have time to get turned around if they don't eject properly and then jam up the action? Mm -hmm. And from all of our experience, we could not really get it to do that at all. So uh, that was my only initial observation was that with the standard length ejection port that it might cause issues, but uh, we haven't really seen that to be the case. No, not really. Um, the, the ejectors on the nine millimeters are usually placed on the left side, you know, and they're placed a little bit further forward where the magazine would be. Yep. So the, the casing is gonna get out of there before it reaches its full apex of travel anyways. Um, on, on my particular rig, you know, I've got one of these little LWRC uh, compact stocks. It's like a little individual weapon stock. So it's a much shorter stock setup and buffer setup than anything else. But with 9mm, the bolt travel doesn't have to be as much on something that doesn't have a last run bolt hold open. Um, and this is a very specific you know, 9mm upper. So this is not an upper that's designed for 5.56 at all. Right. So I could run a slightly longer buffer in here and minimize that bolt travel slightly and still have a very reliable setup that doesn't really affect any other f uh, function of this particular setup here. And you see that so. the stern is a very similar situation mm -hmm. too. You know, you've yep. got a full length ejection port and everything like that. Um, one of the other problems between all the AR9s that are on the market is some are uh, non last round bolt hold open setups. Some are last round bolt uh, last round bolt hold open setups. So you gotta be mindful of that feature as well to make sure all the parts are going to be compatible if you're building something. Yeah. Um, but there's a ton of manufacturers now that are making 9mm carbines, which is like the new hotness. I mean, an AR-9 is is one of the most popular setups out there these days. Well, you know? I, I think that it's popular for several different reasons, and we've gone in, into this in you know other videos, but I'll just mention briefly, really one of the best features and why a lot of people prefer a 9mm AR these days is just cost to train. It's just cheaper to shoot. The recoil is nice and lightweight, so you can hand it to a youngster, you can hand it to a smaller frame person, maybe a lady or a smaller frame guy, and it's an easy gun to shoot. Mm. Um, and you get a lot more trigger time, right? Yeah. I mean, and it's not just a 22, right? You know, everybody knows you can shoot 22 cheap, but the thing is, this is a viable defensive tool as well. So you can load the, you know, a Glock mag up with some defensive ammunition, and, you know, of course, as long as your gun will feed defensive ammo good, which I haven't really seen any of these not do it, uh, then you've got a nice defensive tool as well as something you can take out of the range and have fun with as well. So yep. it kind of serves a couple of different purposes. And I think that's the major appeal to 9mm is, um, you know, just the, the cheaper cost, the lower recoil. You have fast follow-up shots, especially with a 9mm pistol like this mm -hmm. in a, getting into an AR platform super controllable yeah. you, you couple that with like a nice trigger in fact um the trigger that's in this particular lower is stern's trigger as well that thing is a very nice so stern does make a nine millimeter compatible trigger uh that can drop in any standard uh, ar lower and then be used with their nine mil upper and uh, it's a great trigger you know really fast follow-up shots sh uh, fast shot recovery 
So that's one of the major appeals to nine millimeter. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and one of the they just cool need to get the parts compatibility <laughs> worked out, and yeah. that's what, what drove us to this gripe. One of the other cool things about like the AR9 <laughs> specifically is that um, if you have a standard 5.56 that you're already familiar with, it's easy to jump on board with one of these and be familiar with the operation of a particular firearm. Uh, if you, you know, had like an MP5 or something, it's a completely different manual of arms. It is. So that's definitely one advantage, but uh, we mainly wanted to make this video just to kind of make you guys aware that you know, when, when you're kind of putting together like a 9mm AR, there's a lot of considerations to think about uh, when you're shopping for, you know, your uppers and lowers, barrels and everything like that. But mostly with the uppers and the lowers and parts compatibility, last round bolt to hold open or not, uh, the geometry of the magwell, where it sits, if, is it going to, you know, mess with your trigger? Do you have the proper ramp bolt? I mean, you know, <laughs> I thought putting together an AR-10 was hard, but man, this was... This was definitely a labor of love to get it running right, but this is one of my most reliable, you know, firearms, and I can speak for pretty much everything on this table. I mean, but I it would, wasn't without its share of no, of playing around and experimentation. It, it was, but I would trust my life to any of these guns on this table. Oh gosh, um, yeah. easily, you know, especially the the stern setup. I like I said, Eric or Eric said, you know, we were both skeptical of a, a mag block adapter like running, you know, in a meltdown. But the thing proved its worth. It worked. I mean, it worked great. So, um, And one thing that I'll kind of leave this with, um, and this isn't necessarily related to the gripe, but I'll, I'll just mention this, is when you look at also magazine compatibility, okay, Glock mags tend to be sort of the universal pistol caliber mag that people want to flock to, right? Yep. I mean, how many people are banking an aftermarket platform that uses MP5 mags? Right, nobody. Yeah, okay. there's a handful. So see, an MP5 mag is an MP5 mag. Now, you've got guns like the KV-9, or, or other guns that are set up like an AK platform that takes easy Scorpion mag. Mm -hmm. So the Scorpion mag, of course, is its own kind of oddball thing as well. Yeah. Okay, so you see completely different geometry on all three of these magazines. Everything from... Now, the, the, the relative angle of these mags is pretty similar, but you notice the Glot mag uses an entirely different feed angle. Yeah. Like, see the position that that angle has to be in to be level? All right, see so if I get all of these, these level. All right, that's pretty level. See the difference in the angle that that mag sits in? Mm -hmm. You know, so there's a lot of ge geometrical issues that have to be considered when these guns are getting put together. So um, there are aftermarket guns that use Scorpion magazines. Mm -hmm. And I just want to mention that as, mm -hmm. as sort of just an off byproduct of this video is that, you know, there's a lot of people that were skeptical of the Scorpion being a good gun when it first came out. But now you see people that are using the Scorpion mag as a basis for guns outside of the Scorpion family. And Magpul is making 35-shot mags for the Scorpion now. It's just kind of cool. The only thing about like the magazines for carbines like this is that... Is there a handgun chambered in this that you would carry on your waist? Right. No. Is there a handgun chambered in this? Or, or set up for this mag? No. Glock? Absolutely. Right. So that's kind of the idea of going back to like our perfect pairs videos, okay? You know, you've got a Glock 19. Guess what? You can share the magazines and the ammunition that you have on your person with another firearm that's more capable. Um, so 19 magazine will drop right in these kind of setups right here. So, But that's kind of the big, big thing with the Glock mags. That's why a lot of people gravitate to them for... AR9s is because they are a very popular magazine and they're widely used in a number of concealed carry handguns as well. So, yep. I don't think we can really say anything else in this video. It's, it's gone down some rabbit holes. No, no, it's gone down the rabbit hole, but the thing is, people need to know this kind yep. of information. So, um,
Guys, definitely, I, I appreciate y'all for watching today's video. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much. Uh, we really enjoy putting these together. And we're not trying to be harsh on any of these companies we talked about in the video. Okay, guys, um, you know, guns as a engineering undertaking, right, is still growing science. Yeah. And there's still people that are, you know, uh, trying to develop products uh, that, in the giant scheme of things, are meant to... Uh, you know, make the gun community as a whole better prepared to defend themselves and have fun and enjoy their liberties and protect their liberties. Uh, I think at the end of the day, that's everyone's uh, goal is to be safe and to keep our families and communities safe. And let's face it, guns are fun too. Oh yeah. Uh, it's not. It's not only about fun though. Okay. But the thing is, firearms are fun, and uh, at the end of the day, you have to enjoy playing around with guns safely. Of course, you know we're all about everybody being safe and 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 uh, having fun. But I think as time goes on, these companies are going to definitely get on the same page mm -hmm. and hopefully come up with a much more definable and, and uh, standard that they can adhere to and hopefully make a lot of these teething problems with 9 mil platforms sort of go the way of the dodo. And it'll happen. Yeah, you know, I mean, There's some brilliant guys out there. They're doing some great stuff, and they're going to figure it out. Com compared to the standard AR-15, I mean, 9 mil ARs are somewhat in their infancy. I mean, you have the Colts that were around for a number of years that took, you know, uh, the vertical magazines and such, but, you know, the Glock Mag Fed AR9s are relatively a, a new thing, you know, in, in the big scheme of things. So, like yeah. Eric said, there'll be some teething pains, but hopefully, you know, down the line, we'll see a little bit better parts compatibility and such, and it'll be easier to put one of these things together on your own. Agreed. You know, so, but anyways. Thanks for watching, guys. We really appreciate it. Many more videos on the way. Definitely want to take a moment to thank all of our Patreon supporters who support us every month. Thank you so much for believing in what we do. If you see value in what we do and you want to support us, the most direct way you can do so is to go over to um, go over to Ballistic Inc. and pick yourself up a t-shirt or go over to our website, pre-order a man can, or become a Patreon supporter and support us directly on Patreon. All those funds go right back into supporting this type of content. So thank you for believing in us. Thank you for watching. Subscribe, like, comment, share, all that good stuff. Make sure that notification bell is clicked, and we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one. See you guys.